Hey everybody, it's Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. Yes, I have a beautiful New Orleans magic for you today. I have the one and only author, priestess, witch, filmmaker, Lilith Dorsey. I love her. I just got to spend some time with her in New Orleans. But before we bring her on, where's Patty? Because I have no idea. 99% of the time because I'm always somewhere. But if you are watching or listening to this, the week we first drop, which is the week of September 18th, 2023. Ah, I just got back from Baraboo Inn, the old Baraboo Inn in Wisconsin. I'm sure I had a great time. I know it sold out early. Um, and we did seances and ghost hunts and workshops, and I'm sure it was a great time. I'll tell you about it next time. Um, next week, I'm actually headed for Albuquerque, New Mexico, and doing a whole Patty Magical Weekend of several workshops and, again, galleries, private sessions at Resonant essentials.com. It's a beautiful company that actually helps people who have their own spiritual businesses help support them. So it's like support for all those people who don't necessarily always be great business people. So if you're anywhere or can be anywhere near Albuquerque, do that. And then I'm getting home and then I'm heading for Massachusetts. My dear friend, Sam Baltrusis, who I just also got to see at uh, Michigan Paracon. He's holding the Massachusetts Paracon. It's beautiful. It's um, We're somewhere different this year than we were last year, and it's a beautiful old historic place. So let's come get some Massachusetts magic. Um, then we get into October, which is crazy. I've got Orange County Paracon, which is now going to be a virtual event. So you don't even have to put on pants to go to that one. The next weekend, I'm doing something with PEX, but I don't have the information on it yet. Then the next weekend, <gasps> Natalie Jones, myself, my ghost hunter girls, Alicia and Haley and uh, uh, Sarah Garcia are going to the very haunted Haunted Hill House. I'm I'm sure you've seen it on every TV show. So you guys can join us there. And then after that, um, endless night, I'm going to New Orleans because everybody should spend the Halloween weekend with vampires and witches. And that's what we do. We take over the entire House of Blues. So join us there. Go to endlessnight.com. If you can't remember all of this, I can't. Oh, after that, I'm getting right to mid-Michigan Paracon, which is going to be really great. So just go to my website, pattynegri.com, or follow all my social media. Please like me, follow me. It makes it me, it helps a lot. Um, or just email or message me, and I'll tell you where I'm going to be after I look it up and I know myself. So that's where I am. Where's Patty? Hey, everybody. Guess what time it is? It is time for the Willow. And today, Grace report. Yes, Willow and Grace were just curled up on the sofa together, so I didn't want to separate them. Plus the fact that on my travels lately, everybody, of course, always says, hi to Willow, say hello, how was Willow? But a lot of people lately have been asking about middle Grace too. She is great. They are still the best of friends. They sleep together. Grace gives Willow a bath almost every single day. They play, they romp, they chase. You should see, they take turns chasing each other. Uh, will, uh, Gracie will run, 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 and Willow will go and tackle her in the gentlest way, and they roll a roll and roll. When then Willow will run away, and Grace will leap on her like she's leaping on a horse, and they travel together. 
I've had dogs and cats my entire life, but I've never played, had any that played like this. And neither of them like to look at the camera. That's they're not my children. No, they are my children. But all right, she wants to get litter, but she just wanted to come in today to make the willow part a willow green. Look at that. She's a little crazy. She was a very preemie, abandoned little kitty. My, my dear, dear friends, Grace and Lichen, found her four days old. No mama, umbilical cord, starving in a garage. It was hit or miss for weeks and weeks and weeks. Lichen did not get any sleep feeding her 24-7 for weeks and weeks and weeks. But what we got out of it is a most magical kitty and a best friend for Willow. There's the yawn. Anyway, that's it. That's the Willow and Grace Report. Hey, everybody. For this week's magic, we're going to do my 30 seconds to fix almost anything. I know that sounds like a really big statement, but... Um, it's all about balance. We are out of balance all the time. The reason I actually wrote my book, Old World Magic, is for these techniques. Um, because we're stuck in this world that's getting crazy lately. We're stuck in this world post-pandemic and craziness. And most of us aren't as happy as we really should be. Most of us sometimes aren't as productive as we really should or can be. Sometimes equally bad. We're not as aware and awake as we really should or want to be. And I looked at it and it's all about balance. Now, you guys all know I'm a very elemental witch, air, fire, water, earth, because this is the planet we are standing on. If you put that into your personal body, your earth is who you are. Oh, how they know you. Oh, she's nice. She's smart. He's this, they're that. Earth is who you are. It's in the north. Your fire is your passion, it's your heartbeat, it's your creativity, it's what makes you get up in the morning. So who you are and what drives you, north and south. But where we tend to get off balance a lot is west and east. It's like an airplane going sideways. West is our water, it's our emotions. 60% of our body is water, 70% of our planet. It's gotta flow, it can't be judged, stuffed down, not looked at, water flows. Our air element, that's our thinking. That's our focus. That's our organization. That's the chatty bread, the chatty head we get. That's the foggy head we get. So who we are, what drives us, our emotions and our thoughts. So next time you're not as happy or productive or even awake as you can be, you're just out of balance. So think, okay, which of those am I most out of balance about? Is it my emotions? I got in a fight with somebody. Somebody flipped me off on the highway and I'm angry or sad or angsty. That's your water element. You need water, running water. Just like why you feel good after every shower, the element of water, running water, takes, takes away the over emotion, just like an aspirin takes away a headache. So walk up to a sink. I'm that mind, body, spirit. Go walk up to a sink, turn on the water, say, whether you're talking to water or your emotions or your deity, with this water, I'm going to release this angst, anger, fear, whatever it is. Mind, body, run your hands, body, underwater for 30 seconds. The water itself will release, all those little portals in your hands will release the excess anger, fear, whatever it is, and you really release it. You're not going to hold it in your jaw or your belly or anywhere else. Then you can go on with your day or you could deal with what caused it without being just the screaming idiot. But say it's not your emotions at your head. You have an important conversation or you're working and you can't think straight. You're not breathing. That's your air element. None of us breathe anymore. We shallow, short breathing because we're always in a hurry. So breathe deep. And to be able to do it in 30 seconds, 
add some vowels. I do a lot of sound magic. It's called Heka Work Egyptian. Every sound we make has an effect on us. Sound. But vowels will clear the head. Any vowel, any order. Think about it. Almost every sacred word is a vowel. Amen. Om. Native American. Hey, hey. East Indian. Hi, hi, hi opens up this whole crown of illumination. So next time you're chatty or foggy or can't think straight or can't focus, okay, whether you're talking again to your brain cells, to God, to the element of air itself, with this 30 seconds of deep breathing, with this 30 seconds of vowels, I need to pull in the focus and clarity of the air element. Ah, om, e-i-e-i-o, with your kid, doesn't matter, within 30 seconds, that chatter will stop, fog will lift, and the clarity will come in. Those two can be game changers, emotions and thoughts. What do we need to survive? Water and air. Those two can just make us into this balanced, focused place where everything in our life is better. Everything we know how to handle better. Everything we can, everything we can emotionally attach to in a fine way. Maybe you're not feeling grounded, though. It's not your emotions and your thoughts. That's your earth element. Go hug a tree, get barefoot on the grass or the dirt. But if you can't do that, grab anything wood or stone, grab a pencil. It still has the spirit of that tree. The crystals you're wearing, the diamond you're wearing, the granite countertop still has that mineral or plant or wood with spirit. Ask for guidance. Just say, I feel like a blanket wraps around me, the strength of a tree. Within 30 seconds, you will be grounded because a lot of us magical people don't stay in your body. How many of you don't stay in your body? Raise your hand because most of us don't. It's like, oh, wait, come back. How many people have told you that? That will ground you immediately. And the last one for fire, fire, if our fire is too high, we get agitated, we get angry, we get argumentative. If our fire is too low, we get lethargic and tired and not motivated. We not at nice medium. Fire element itself will balance that out either direction. But so if you can't dance around a bonfire, which is always my first choice, or light some candles, the heka, the sound magic for fire is Z. Z. You know, ask a kid, what is a, what is a bee sound? That is that lightning strike. That's that dragon breath. So, okay, I need some fire. Maybe you're, you know, you're just tired and you can't get up. You have too much earth or you're angry or you're just got a hot date or your spirituality is attached to fire as well. Okay. Whether you're talking to, again, from the Holy Spirit to the breath of a dragon, to Pele volcano, to the element of, with this 30 seconds of deep breathing, with this 30 seconds of zzz, I need to pull on that fire element, that lightning. 30 seconds is a long time. Sit down if you have to. You might get dizzy, but within 30 seconds, you will feel it base at the base of your 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 spine start to come up and that kundalini, that beautiful energy. You will have the passion, fire, energy that you need no matter what. Those four things, they're all free. They all take 30 seconds. You can do them anywhere. Nobody will even know what you're doing. It can be a game changer. So 30 seconds to fix almost anything. Give it a try. And if you've heard this before, you just needed to hear it again. I always do. Magic is everywhere. You just have to tap into earth sometimes to find it. We have some New Orleans magic for us today. Honored to say my friend, she is an author. She is a witch. She is a filmmaker. She is a voodoo priestess priestess Lilith Dorsey. Thank you so much, Lilith, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This is such a delight. 
Thank you. We just actually got to spend a little bit of time together a couple of weeks ago at Hexfest, which was great. Warmer than what I'm used to in California, but it was great. I hear humidity is good for the skin, right? <laughs> um, so for people who don't know, tell I me, mean, I love that you are like a film school graduate as well as a witch and you do Anna Voodoo Princess. So you come from many different um you come from Afro-Caribbean, you come from Celtic, you come from Native American. Why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about your path and how you ended up here and stuff like that? I mean, I think it's kind of just where I ended up. I think people think I'm a dilettante because I have initiations and all these different things and I practice all these different things, you know, but I grew up with my Scottish grandmother. So like it made sense to me to have all those kinds of like Scottish folk magic customs, those, you know, things that, oh, you have to stir this thing this way, or you have to, you know, step foot in the house, you know, person with this color hair after midnight on New Year, all of those things, you know, I grew up with, and I didn't even think anything about it. This is just what we did, you know, and then I started to explore other elements of my heritage and just my girls were little and I wanted them to have a positive image of voodoo. And I knew that so much of what was put out there in the media and popular opinion were lies. So, you know, I was in anthropology school at the time and I just decided I'm going to focus on this instead of, you know, I wanted to be an artist before that, you know, an experimental filmmaker. And I, you know, in that moment decided that I'm going to write about voodoo. I'm going to practice voodoo. I'm going to understand what it's about. And, uh, that was 28 years ago that I joined the Voodoo Spiritual Temple here in New Orleans. And I've been with them ever since. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. But, you know, now I went on and I started practicing my own magic in my own house, which is more of a blend because, again, we have a blend of people that are working with us. We have people that are Puerto Rican. We have people that are Cuban. We have people that are just wonderful American Black people. And we get together and we honor all the parts of our heritage in a specific New Orleans voodoo style way. I call it a spiritual gumbo. I like that. And I like gumbo. Um, yeah, because again, I'm certainly not as widespread as you are or knowledgeable, but the more I learn of different paths, the more they actually fit together and go together and kind of benefit each other. There's no conflict like this is wrong and this is right in in my experience um you recently did our witches movie coven <laughs> our our fun pod live podcast where we talk about movies and we usually talking about witchy movies and what they get right what they get wrong um if we like the movie with or without the good or bad midget so you came on for angel heart which was a very voodoo oriented new orleans um so and we talked about how probably incorrect they got what voodoo oh, is yeah. um a lot of people still, I think, far more than just witchcraft or all the things that they're traditional or wicked. Voodoo is the most misunderstood. Um, why do you think that is? Or what do you think the most misunderstood thing is to the general world out there? Well, I think, honestly, the reasons voodoo is misunderstood, to put it bluntly, is racism. You know, we look at this sort of shift in the 30s, and that's the first time Hollywood starts doing movies like White Zombie and things like that. And I think that's in response to this real 
nervousness that people have, this kind of fear they have of the unknown of, you know, we're looking at all these people freeing themselves from colonialism and, and finally making their way in the world. And I think that, you know, the establishment had to do something to sort of stamp that out. So we end up with all these fantastical, ridiculous, dangerous stories about, oh, well, voodoo is evil, voodoo is, you know, scary, voodoo is dangerous, all those things, which basically at its core, it's really about honoring the ancestors and living in harmony with the earth and in harmony with what your own destiny is. And I mean, I think that's the simplest way of putting it, but I also don't think anybody would argue with me because that's a current that runs through all of our practices. Yeah, yeah. And I think that focus back on the earth is so needed right now with everything going on in the planet to get looking up is great. We got to look down and hold on a little bit. And um, speaking of earth and what we're doing, you, I love New Orleans. I go there once or twice a year. I do not know the but it definitively has a magic of its own. How does I mean, you feel it when you get off? I was first told to go make friends with the river and the energy of the <laughs> river. And so that she likes you. Okay, hi. Um, so how does that, does that affect, how much does that affect you or your practice or your magic? Or do you create from that, the land and water itself? Yeah, I mean, I wrote a book about water magic, right? So, well, and I think... <laughs> I think that spirit is always in the water, you know, and here in New Orleans, we're actually, most of the city is below sea level. So we're talking about very different than, you know, I've done events in Denver, very different energy being that high up, being in the mountains and things like that, as opposed to we're below the water all the time. When we walk around on dry land, we're below the water here. So like, that's just crazy to me to think about it like that. And that's, I think, why people say we do have such a connection to the ancestors, connection to the dead, such a high incidence of magic and witchcraft that happen here. Because not just because of the history, but because of the actual character of the land. Uh, the original name of the town was Bulbancha, which is the indigenous word for many tongues. So it was like there was always a bunch of different people coming here again, a gumbo of, you know, cultures and languages and customs and all of those things. And they had to find a way to coexist and make a really good party. So I think that we've been doing that for hundreds of years as well. So it's a special place. I love it. It seems like, again, with and without the magic, even like looking at the more mundane party side, it is a place, again, certainly a place survivors, but it's like embrace life. That's what I get out of New York. Just enjoy it and embrace it, whatever that means to you, which a lot of places are not like that. Just kind of like that. No, no. I mean, it's we're around the anniversary of Katrina when we're filming this. And I have a friend who had to evacuate. And he said, when he got back into town, he saw a guy that was wearing a Santa Claus outfit on top and fishnet stockings on the bottom, riding a unicycle. And he realized when he got back into town that he was home. And I was like, that's the perfect costume ever. Like Santa, fishnets, unicycle. Like it's it was so New Orleans, you know? And I think that we just embrace our freak flag and let it, we parade it down the street, right? That's what we yeah, say. Yeah, and, it, and it's beautiful. It is Great. Um, so if somebody is like new to practice and they don't know what they, they just know, they're drawn to magic or they're drawn to spirituality. This guy's, 
Um, what suggestions do you have for somebody to like to start either either from their own personal way of looking at things or to to find a path or paths along the way? Like somebody's just kind of like, ooh, I I like this stuff that I'm starting to see, but they're lost. I mean, I think start with what you love, start with who you knew. And by that, I mean, if you really enjoy going out and spending time in the yard gardening or in your local park, being around animals and being around plants and things like that, do that. Figure out what kind of magic dovetails with that. Learn about the different plant spirits, learn about the different animal spirits, and then move your practice on for, from there. And then who loved you? You know, start with your ancestors. That's another great place to start. You know, what were the things that they told you that they thought were important? What were their strengths? And how can you draw on that in your magical life? You know, I grew up again with my, I don't know, I'm talking about my grandmother again. She, it was her birthday this week. I think that's what it was. Was, but you know, she taught me how to cook, you know, so I was always right there three years old by her side. I think this is something that a lot of people are familiar with, you know, they've got a big bowl, you've got a little bowl, you're making your own thing. There's ways to stir, there's ways to add ingredients. There's ways to act in the kitchen. And I don't just mean from a cleanliness standpoint. I mean, from a magical standpoint, right? Like it, we don't stir things with a knife. I had to tell my God kids that the other day. I mean, obviously you don't stir things with a knife because if you stir things with a knife, then you're going to get that sharp energy into the food. And that's not necessarily what you want. If you stir with a spoon, it's going to be much more gentle, more rounded, more curvaceous as you go through the actual thing. So simple things like that, but they really are magic. That is beautiful. Yes. I, I, I actually got on that goofy TV show, Master Chef, playing the witch card, so to speak, about magical cooking, even though I really don't know what saute means. So I did not last more than a minute. But <laughs> it's so really kind of about awareness then, too, and consciousness of our actions and what and why we do things. Um, yeah, I think all the traditions that I practice are sort of focused on not just having magic ritual starts at, you know, 745 and goes until 913, you know, like it's about, oh, I get up in the morning. Am I going to remember my ancestors and share my morning coffee with them? Am I going to go outside? Am I going to say hello to the trees when I take the dog out or when I get the mail? You know, those little teeny things that you can bring magic into your life and just sort of perk up your day. I know that sounds like a cliche, but I think that instead of focusing on what's bothering you, focusing on the magic that is around you, that is going positively and enjoying it, that you're going to have a much better outlook and draw more good things to you. Right. Good. How do you think it's again, us magical work and magical practice and you know, aware people so wake up as we're coming out of this pandemic and all that, how do you think that that affected us? Cause I'm still seeing some really oddities in that aren't coming back the same way, some way better and some not so much. Do you feel that there was a big shift with this or that anything that should affect or has affected our practice and our magic? Oh, I mean, I think it's affected the magic both, you know, for, we lost all those people, right? Like, and it was so quick and it was so unexpected. I was in New York City at the beginning of the pandemic and it was horrible, you know? So I think there's a lot of pain and grief on both sides of the equation, those that passed and those of us who lost people, you know, I lost so many people sooner than it should have. So there's just that 
adjustment that we're going through and it's going to take a little while. And then there's also, I think, personally, I think it's harder for us to be interpersonal anymore, right? Like so many of us were isolated or we had to speak to each other through a screen like we are now, you know? So I think some of that magic that's person to person has been a little bit more awkward, you know? In a way, it's been a bit, what's the good word for it? Hungrier, I think. <laughs> that's a good word, yeah. Um, yeah. So much loss and so much people dealing with it. So I, I, that brings up a point. So it's kind of like looking at death, where death, a lot of people maybe knew one or two people who died. It was their grandparents or great grandparents, or maybe the one kid had an accident in school. This, everyone has been surrounded by death. Um, so again, whether that looks you, makes you look at mortality or afterlife or not, I, again, I'm just seeing some really interesting stuff. I haven't even been able to put it into words yet. Um, but speaking of death, I have never seen more graveyards any place in the entire planet than in New Orleans. It's like, wow, they have they must have a lot of dead people. And I know they're under the ground as well. So how do you think that affects um, even the energy, both in the magical side of things and just day to day life or does it? No, I think it definitely affects day to day life for, you know, people who are not magical and certainly for those of us who are magical because it's like the dead are right there. A lot of people talk about the dead walking through the city, the dead being present in this city. Again, I think it's a twofold thing between the fact that the water's here. A lot of cultures, especially in West Africa, talk about the dead being under the water. So I think that being that close to the water allows us in some way to be closer to the dead. And then literally they're right there. I remember one of my first trips, I came to town and I have yet to find the cemetery again. And if anybody knows where it is, let me know. But we found this like little secret cemetery where people had handmade tombstones out of like cardboard and glitter and stuff from the dollar store. And they had just put them there. And it was really, you could tell that the people were not very far under the ground. There was like bones poking up and stuff. Like it was wild, it was crazy. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. That's why because yeah. anybody who hasn't been there, your graves are all in cement and above ground because of that water level, right? Because otherwise the, the bones come up and they. <laughs> yeah. Cause we flood, you know, there's a couple like out on the West bank and whatnot that are in the ground, you know? Um, but yeah, for the most part, they're above ground in tombs. And again, anybody who knows anything about the heat in Louisiana and you know, how things were done. I've heard a lot of people say that they just, you know, there's a lot of people in those tombs, you know, when I was a kid, I thought, oh, there's a little box. There's one person in the box. No, no. They shove that back and stick another person in the box, you know, every few years. It's crazy. Wow. Crazy. It is crazy. Um, so you have, what your newest book out is your book about Orishas, right? Voodoo princesses. Is that your latest My... book? Most recent book is, I published three books during the pandemic. So I'm like, which one was it? It's <laughs> Voodoo and African Traditional Religion. That's my most recent book. Yeah. So which is a reprint of my first book. Oh, good. So tell us a little bit about that, what it is. I wanted to, a friend of mine was uh, working as a literary agent and he decided he was going to be my agent. He was a famous witch. And he told me that he wanted a book for somebody who knew nothing about African traditional religions 
or maybe they were into voodoo, but they didn't know anything about Lukumi or Santeria, and they wanted to learn that. What were the similarities? What were the differences? So that was really the beginning of that book when I first started writing it in 2004, and then it went out of print right away. So mm -hmm. this is sort of, it was it was out of print. It sold for $500. I would tell people that I would, you know, do a little dance and sing it to them for $500. That's a lot of money. You know? <laughs> I don't get any of that, you know? So when they decided to reprint it, I was so excited, you know, and uh, I thought it was going to be easy. Oh yeah, I'll reprint it. But I had to rewrite the whole thing because a lot of stuff has happened since 2004. So uh, it's definitely a more comprehensive book and it uh, goes into all the different traditions, not just New Orleans voodoo and Haitian voodoo and Lakumi and Ifa and uh, Candomblé, like all over the world, you know, and what are the things that are the same and what are different? Oh, that's beautiful. And again, yeah. I'm sure a lot of my people are going, wow, I don't even know those words. So this would be a <laughs> harder book, right? Somebody's got the interest. Um, yeah, yeah. And all my books have recipes and spells and all of those things in it. So there's really simple things that people can do just to sort of honor the different energies and entities and goddesses in the tradition and, uh, you know, get closer to them. Uh, that's beautiful. So, yes, I, I, I don't have that one yet, but I'm going to get it because I love your books. So tell us a little bit. I don't know. The, um, I know because I work with private clients. I, I should, your love magic book is um, love. It, it is the one subject that people are so in need of and want of and misunderstanding of. So tell us about, I'd love it. I've read a couple things about it, like the big little book of, of love magic. So tell us how you work love magic and because everybody wants to know. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I mean, it was such a hard book to write just because I think that from an ethical standpoint that I think that people are like, oh, what is okay to do for love magic? What's going to happen? Are there consequences? You know, again, this is something we've seen play out in Hollywood and the media and all of that. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this love spell and this is going to happen. So putting together, I think there's over 250 spells in there or something, putting together all those spells that were going to be safe and beneficial and helpful to people who were looking for love. You know, we start out with self-love spells. There's spells in there for, you know, loving and caring for your pets, loving and caring for your siblings, how not to argue over the dinner table at Thanksgiving and love your family, even if it's just for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> So, and then it's also an exploration, you know, my minor was in plant science. So it's an exploration of all the aphrodisiac plants and herbs and everything like that, and how you can use them in both spells and in your cooking and things like that. So it really, there's everything in there. I just sort of set out to put everything that needed to be in that book, in that book. And personally, I had gone around for, you know, I'm notorious for having uh, challenging. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Love life. So I, personally, I went around and asked every witch I knew for 20 years before I even wrote the book, what's your best love spell? Give it to me. Come on. You know, like, and we would trade and I would trade with somebody and they'd get married and they'd be happy and I'd be at the hand fasting and I would still not be married or <laughs> so. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, there and there is people like that, magical people that could help everybody else, and they they could do this and this and this. But this is one little area. It's so funny. So, I, I've got like three people I'm going to recommend that to right now. Um, yes, I had to figure it out. You know, I just had to figure it out. <laughs> so, um, again, I'm so intrigued with all your books, and I know my people are too. So. When you look at your, your book, your Orishas, and people hear the word Orisha. So but for somebody who doesn't know, or the, what is an Orisha? It comes from two words, Ori, which means head in the Yoruba language in West Africa, and Sha, which is kind of the root word for Ashe, which is our sacred energy, our life force that goes through all things. You know, when I was talking about the religion being connected to the earth, before, you know, everything has Ashe. That's what we say. Everything has its own sacred energy, even if it's just a tree or a flower or a food or a song or all these things have their own sacred energy that we can tune into and sort of vibe with and jive with and, and, and use that energy to improve ourselves and the world around us, you know? So that's basically the concept since it means head Ashe, each one of us is given sort of a guardian spirit, I think is the easiest way to explain it if people don't understand it. Um, the Orishas are seen as gods, goddesses, sacred energies, but they were also seen as people once. There's that concept of them being honored ancestors or deified, you know, wonderful people that are still honored hundreds, if not thousands of years after they existed. I think the earliest written evidence BCE. So we're talking about you know, 400 years of being, you know, sacred and worshipped. That's beautiful. Did I lose you? Yeah, because again, it's those words you hear and quite don't understand. So now there's a book for it. <laughs> um, so these are um, yeah, the world yeah. of filmmaking. Is that so? will do because I again I love when this can all be combined and what you're doing is there any projects that you would like to do whether you're doing them yet or not or what have you done there's a lot of projects I'd like to do the thing I'd really like to do that is just sort of on my wish list of things that I'd like to do right now you know I really we were talking about the state of the world the state of the environment all of these things you know I would love to do a project that was helping to chronicle some of the herbs and plants and both for magical medicinal uses that we have here in Louisiana from a voodoo standpoint, from a witchy standpoint, from an indigenous standpoint. I'd like to get some of these oral histories recorded and uh, placed somewhere that they really deserve to be seen and understood and preserved, you know. So that's what I would love to do right now, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Cause <laughs> I actually asked you that, and I, because I do see you doing something, I see it being a very much back into that filmmaker realm of things. So I just keep seeing it. So it's like, what is it that you're going to be doing? Because I see that. <laughs> I see it. So who knows? Okay, I like that. People watch this, listen to this, and go, "Oh yeah, I'm going to hire her." I don't know, because I just, I just keep seeing it. I, I'm at the premiere. <laughs> That's great. Yay. I love that. Fantastic. I love um, that. Yeah, I work a lot. I'm very elemental in my work. My work's very simplified and very elemental too, but um, 
it's amazing what this little planet has given us with or without the gods and goddesses and orishas what we have just on this planet and the magic within it um so how do you how or what do you suggest is there somewhere that people again i love what you actually said go out and talk to the trees on your way out and appreciate your morning coffee and things like that um is there any other simple ideas either herbal wise or practice wise do you have certain practices that you recommend simple things that somebody could just open up that awareness I think that everybody should have a good protection practice. It's something that I stress with all my students. You know, I try and remember to say it in all my classes, but just whatever it is, it could be something as putting a line of salt on your doorstep. I had a friend that used to, she filled up a cat box. It didn't have any cat poop in it. It just had salt in it. And she would make people stand in it before they came in the house. And I was like, that's a beautiful idea. Talk <laughs> about getting grounded right away. <laughs> yeah, you're not bringing any of your baggage, whatever, across this threshold. You know what I mean? I don't think you need to get a cat box, but doing something as simple as just a line of salt for protection you know, on your doorstep. And if you want to go even further, it could be black salt. It could be, you know, we use red brick dust here in New Orleans. It could be your own combination of herbs and things like that, that you use for protection. You know, there's lots of ways to get it done. But I think if you make protection part of your regular practice, that allows you to be so much more successful in the rest of your day, because you're not dealing with the little hassles, the little annoyances, the little unnecessary things that are happening when you're not completely protected. Good. I agree too. I always wear little protection, protection sigils and things. Now, do you think once you open up in this world and you go into your spirituality world, whatever, we are more opened up and more needing of protection than maybe the asleep person next door or just the whole world needs it now? I think the more magical you get, the more in need you are of protection. Um, I think that everybody, but I also think that everybody's in need of protection. There's a certain amount of accidents and everything like that that are going to happen to everybody. But I think that when you open yourself up, like you said, to other realms, when you're being aware of certain kinds of knowledge and energy and things like that, then stuff starts happening, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> better be, you know, only deal with right? <laughs> Just what's necessary. You know, I mean, I don't think there's a way to get rid of all of it, but I think there's certainly a way to do your protection magic. So you only have to deal with what's necessary in order for you to move forward. I think that is beautiful. And I, and I agree wholeheartedly. Um, so anyway, what is anything coming up next for you? Or you mentioned you have a couple things coming up. What do you have coming up that people can go, I want to go meet this beautiful person? <laughs> I am doing two online events. One is called Season of the Witch, and they are both in October. I can't remember which one comes first. I think Season of the Witch comes first, but um, you can see it on my website. You can find it, and I'm very excited about that. And then I'm doing another one that is called, oh my gosh, now I've forgotten. <laughs> Gathering the witches. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> Rob helps Yay. me remember things all the time with what is written. technology. Yay. That's fantastic. So, and that's another online conference. I think that, you know, again, there's still that option out there for people to do online conferences. You know, we were in person in New Orleans and hopefully we'll be in person in New Orleans again. Uh,
Um, but yes, yes, in person and they can, you know, from the comfort of their home, they could come and see us and ritual with us and still have that, you know, connection. That's beautiful. Yes, there has been some beautiful things to this Zoom world of ours of, to be able to connect like this. I mean, not that we haven't been able to do it for a long time, but we have it and now we can. So um, before we go, tell people where they can find you, where they can find onto your websites. I know you're so prolific and you do so many things. So where's the best way if they're going, you know, I, I need to know more, both where they can get your books and where they can find you. Right on. They can go to my website, which is lilithdorsey.com, and I'll spell it L-I-L-I-T-H-D-O-R-S-E-Y. I had a, whatever, there's a performer that's very elaborate that has taken my name, but is spelling it differently. More power to them. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Love it. But they can go to my website. That's all my upcoming events. It shows how to get all my books. It shows all my different workshops in case somebody wants to book me for a workshop or something like that. Readings, all of those things are there. We do it all. Yay. Do it all. Yes. And again, I, from personal experience, you guys are going to love her, her energy. You feel your energy, your beauty, your love, your depth when you walk into our room, Lilith. So I'm honored to know that. So thank you for bringing a little bit, more than a little bit of your magic to the witching hour. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I think you're so amazing. And it's such an honor to be on your show again, Patty. Yay. Thank you. See you soon.